Hey everyone and welcome to the Living With Our Hope podcast. Lena Evajemra here and I am so excited you're back. Last week we had a uh, sermon and this week we're back to the uh, interviews that we so love. I think you guys are going to love this week. I've called it, for better or for worse, Hope for the Single White Heterosexual Conservative Male. I know that's a lot in a mouthful, but I really believe you're going to love my friend Mario Mancino. I'm actually at his house. He just cooked dinner for me. This is the best podcast I've ever recorded. So just for the record, Mario, I that is just like you are in a category of your own right now. Welcome well, to this podcast. You're, you're welcome. Oh, it's been awesome just to get to know you even more. I had this idea, Mario. In fact, I was just telling Mario this. If most of the podcasts that I've done, the interviews have been uh, of women. And maybe we've had a handful of men, and most have been sort of well-known people. I've always enjoyed talking to people who are unknowns. I think that most Christians are unknowns in the church, and you sort of walk in and you meet people, and that's my heart in this podcast, is just to get to know people who are living their Christian life and sort of see what wires them, how do they find hope in their daily struggles. And you've gone through your share of struggles, wouldn't you say so? In a minute, we're going to have you tell us a little bit about your story, but but I got to thinking about sort of what would, what does it look like to be you? And I don't mean you as a new Mario Mancino, but your species. And I'm going to use that word species sort of, you know, sort of ironically, but but it is sort of turned into this thing. Uh, Jordan Peterson is a man who I don't know if you've heard of, but he writes books. He's sort of the new Dr. Phil of 2019. He's from uh, Toronto, right? Canada, correct. Yes. And it doesn't surprise me that you've heard it because he's really an author for people like you. And so he's really taken an interest in uh, your demographic. Yeah. Tend to be a little bit more conservative, a little bit more... Um, free thinking and vilified in many ways right now in our uh, culture in, in liberal United States, I would say. And I, I feel like I tune into social media a lot and sort of got this uh, perspective of, of, of life that sometimes is, it seems to me to be a little bit more on the liberal side, which again, I, I don't think that this is about politics as much as it is about you as a Christian man. How do you live? How do you find your hope? And so I'm hoping that as we go through this conversation here, we'll be able to dig into what it looks like, what it looks like to be you. So I thought maybe we could start Mario and just tell us a little bit about yourself. Who you, who are you? When did you come to know Jesus? I always start with that question on the podcast because it frames everything in life, doesn't it? Um, absolutely. Um, I didn't have a road to Damascus type conversion. Um, I was, I, I grew up in Italy. I moved here in 1972 with my family. Uh, we were Catholic. Okay. Uh, when I was, uh, in Italy, I was, uh, I was a good boy. I was middle child. I had to behave, you know. What and, part of Italy? Uh, in Sicily. Nice. And at some point I joined the church as an altar boy. So I, you know, I thought I had it in. But uh, reality, I mean, I, I went through all the motions, you know, learned the catechism. It was, you know, a lot of memorization, but I had no clue who Jesus was. Mm. I mean, I, I thought he was Italian. Okay. That's all. <laughs> he is, isn't he? Right. Exactly. <laughs> so um, so I, I had no clue, but I remember as a little boy, every time, every Christmas, I always felt a little bit of sadness that we were one year removed from when, when Jesus walked hmm. the earth, okay? So fast forward to the United States. Um, How old were you when you moved? I was 12. Okay. So when at the age, I was 28 when I yielded my life to Christ. And it came via my sister and my brother-in-law and my mom witnessing. And um, I saw a lot of things that I liked. But the one thing that really got me is somebody told me that Jesus was coming back. And I was like, he is? <laughs> I, it, you know, it, when? when, when, where, what do I do? What do I wear? You know, I want to be ready for this, you know? 
And uh, so I started, I started on a journey of reading. I started picking up every book. I started with Hell Lindsay book, The huh. Late Great Planet Earth. Uh, and then I started, I went to Moody Library. I would take out books, bring them back. I was reading. Um, it was about like a two year odyssey. And then I started to realize, because I was subscribing to some of these magazines, they started to become like the National Enquirer of, of eschatology. <laughs> okay. Of eschatology. Okay, okay. Okay. Because I was so interested in that. Always been interested in world politics. I even took a class on uh, political science for fun. Who does that? Yeah, uh, right. right. So, um, so I was... Um, was so fascinated that Jesus was coming back. I wanted to know everything. Uh, but uh, after a while, I, n I noticed that um, a lot of, there, there were a lot of people who were taking contemporary events and trying to force them into scripture, you know, to, yeah. uh, into prophecies. And I'll tell you, because I, I ended that with this thought. Uh, there were two major prophecies that we know of. One was the... Um, uh, 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 well, Jesus, yeah. you know, he was prophesied by Moses and yeah. Isaiah, right? And then uh, the second one was the rebirth of Israel, the, mm. uh, you know, in 1945 right. when Israel became a city and then that was spoken about in the book of Ezekiel. So I, I, I'm like, okay, everything else is like, I mean, I had a buddy who wrote a book on why Saddam Hussein was the Antichrist. I mean, the, right. you know, in Revelation, yeah, everyone has a theory on right, in Revelation right. it says that he will be revealed. So until right. God reveals him, you can... You know, you can Taking say Obama or right, whatever, right, right. whatever. So anyways, I, I came to faith that way slowly. So I started attending church and at some point I made the commitment. Um, and um, I when I make a commitment, I strive to fulfill it. And um, so um, then I met my wife um, at church and and I was like, I was very naive. Mm. I was new Christian and I'm reading the Bible. I was like, wow, she's cute. And she's going to do everything in the Bible. Well, <laughs> you know, that didn't work out the way I thought. So um, really when she divorced me, you know, the, the theory of there's no atheists in the Bible adults. Um, at that time, Joe Stoll, whom I have great respect mm -hmm. for, he, he did a series at church called Shattered. Mm. Uh, when, you know, when life hands you, hands you a lemon, you can choose faith or despair mm. you know and i chose faith and it was that time really that i hate using the word sanctification because i believe we're sanctified by christ but i i grew tremendously i read the entire bible twice you know mm. uh, uh, page to page and um so that's the short story yeah uh, how i came to christ and i've uh, been involved i was involved at harvest and so many ministries so now you've been divorced what 15 years uh, roughly 13 years 13 years yeah. and so the last 13 years you sort of lived sort of this bachelor like life you have a son <laughs> mm -hmm. so you have some responsibility but yeah. and you um you're a professional you work and so uh, one of the questions, you know, we talked a little bit about how this conversation was going to go. And one question that I thought would be sort of good to, um, to, to bounce off of, which is what is it like for you in 2019? Because a lot has happened in our country in the last 10 years, five right. years even. What is it like to be a single white, yeah. heterosexual, conservative yeah. male? Do you feel that people assume certain things about you that are not true? How do you feel you fit into the fiber first of culture, and then we'll talk into church, yeah. you know, but first in general in the United and States. Then, and I'm glad you because I was going to break it down from secular to right. uh, to church. You know, uh, I, I was uh, uh, early on, I was involved with Promise Keepers. If you remember yeah. that movement, I went to many of their events, and then it culminated with the one we had down in Washington, D.C. I right. went there with a bunch of guys. 
And I remember in Washington, D.C., specifically, there was a bunch of women dressed in their like uh, uh, June cleaver. Mm -hmm. You know, they had the hairdo and they had wearing aprons and they were clanging pots and pans and saying, hey, hey, oh, ho, promise keeper got to go. Yeah, really articulate, you know, and um, because the, the world sees us as patriarchal. Yeah, that's a hard word for a Sicilian to say, <laughs> but you understand it. Right. Um, you know, they see us as some diamondering, you know, the wife should be in the kitchen and that sort of thing. And, and they couldn't be more wrong. Right. They couldn't be more wrong because, you know, if you're a Christian and you've been in the church long enough, you know, us men get pounded in the head, Ephesians 5, yeah. where it says Jesus laid down his life for, uh, for the church while yet she was still a sinner. Right. So likewise, Paul likens our salvation to marriage and then we as husbands are called to lay down our lives right for their wives translation to love them even when they're acting unlovable which right. in my case was often <laughs> right you know so um so that's you know that's how the world sees us as patriarchal uh you know old world thinking before we move on to the other side of it, tell me how that makes you feel. I mean, so so lean into that a little bit more. So do you fight it or do you sort of think, well, they don't know me. They're going to think that I'm a Christian, whatever. Yeah, I'm too old to fight that. You right. Know, I just, do you, you feel know. it's unfair though? Oh, absolutely unfair. Do you find like you're you're working in the world. I mean, you're in a secular job and you're, I mean, I watch your Facebook. You're sort of out there. I mean, you're not weird. You're not, you're not, I don't look at you and go, oh my gosh, this guy's a super hot, you know, hearty Christian. If anything, right. it almost is like, Oh my gosh, like I, it's like I, when I get to talk to you, I see the depth of your relationship with Christ, but you sort of fool people into acting as if you're you're not as maybe spiritual as you are. Right. And so so do people meet you and go, oh, wow, you're actually not a crazy Christian. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I do. Um, I, I can tell you that uh, uh, the faith journey yeah. ebbs and flows. Okay. You know, there have been times when I've been just on fire. And there's been time when I've cooled off, okay, but I've not walked away. Gotcha. Okay, so so I I based a lot of my decisions on on, on my faith. Yeah, you know uh, all my business decisions. I I've never cheated anybody out of a penny. Mm. Um, am I perfect at it? No. Yeah. But this is where God's grace comes in because you know um, I'm a very visual person. Mm-hmm. In, in Romans chapter five. Paul writes that through the first man, yeah, through the disobedience of the first man, all became sinners. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's me visual. I'm coming out of my mother's womb. Okay, I'm moving my arms like I'm sliding down. As, <laughs> and I come out. I have no choice. I'm already a sinner. Yeah, you know, because because I'm 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 kind of a vivacious type person. I'm like easy go lucky. People think that I'm always looking for license to sin because of yeah. my slant on grace. But the reality is, the Bible doesn't. I don't need license. I, right. I was born this way. Okay, right. but then in the next verse it says, but through the obedience of the second Adam, yeah, you know, Jesus all became righteous. Mm. So it, it, it was all by that. I, I actually did a, a whole study on my own in the book of Romans. Yeah. It is unbelievably full right. of grace saying that it's about, it's all about him, mm. you know, and Paul talks about the struggle, you know, you yeah. know, with the cartoons with the devil and, right. the, and you know, I mean, that's Angel in chapter, I think right. chapter 10 talks about that, you know, so, um, so, you know, it ebbs and flows. Yeah. So, um, people in my work all know I'm a Christian. Okay. But they also know I'm a little goofy. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's the way I'm wired. Yeah. Okay. I deal, um, you know, you say life is tough. Yeah. It's tough for everybody. Everybody is going through something. Yeah. Uh, the way I deal with pain 
that I've gone through my divorce um, is through humor. Yeah. And golf. I play a lot of golf. Right. So, um, so like when you're at the promise keepers and women are clanging their thing, they're like, you know, go home, promise keepers. It doesn't offend you because you just assume, well, I'm a Christian. I'm going to, this is like our form of persecution. Or do you feel like they just don't understand what it's like to be you? Well, both. Yeah. Both, really. Um, you know, you just can't fight City right. Hall. You know, right. I'm not going to die on my sword for every little right. uh, uh, offense from the world. I mean, you know, the world doesn't, you know, uh, the word says that those without the spirit, those are, are dying. But those of us with the Holy Spirit, we're being renewed every day. So or uh, the things of God are foolishness yeah. to those that are perishing. So they cannot, you cannot intellectually understand right. Christianity the way you and I do. Right. You know, it's the Holy Spirit in us. So these people don't, you know, what am I going to do? You know, the reality is that Jesus said that the road to perdition is wide. These people are going to hell. Right. I mean, I wish I could honestly say I care. And God forgive me, I don't. Not about, you don't mean you don't care about them. You mean like you don't care about the way that they see you in a sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can't change their opinion. Right. So what do you, so that's interesting. That's a really good perspective. And so what do you think you can change vis-a-vis to the world? It's because right now, I mean, I mean, again, and I do tend to follow a lot of, I try to follow people who don't think like I do always. I I think that helps. And so there is a sense though right now in 2019 that you're that guy who voted for that man. You're that guy who believes those things, whether there's abortion, whether it's same-sex marriage, you know, you're the Christian, you're the heterosexual. And it's almost like you're, you're, the devil himself to some people. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. It's because I posted something on my, on my Facebook and, and I was a bit harsh you know, yeah. about, um, about baby murderers, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, a good friend who knows I'm a Christian from, from my company, from my company, she called me and says, Mario, take that down. Because, you know, as, as an employee of my corporation, I am um, admonished to act Hmm. professional, even outside of work. It's a good word. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I have to be a good citizen. So any negative yeah. comments about LGBT or abortion can, you know, can yeah. backfire on me. That makes me both sad and angry hmm. because my rights are being violated because I don't believe in this, you know, and I, right. and I should be able to speak against it. Um, did you th- take it down? I did. I don't actually think it's the right thing to do for what it's worth, but yeah. But it's it's yeah. sort of humbling a little, like yeah, it is. But because this is the world we live in, and 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 Lena, as I told you earlier, when you're a dad and you yeah. have this huge responsibility, not only emotionally, spiritually, but also financially, yeah, you put up with a lot of, a lot of yeah. crap. Yeah, you know, I wasn't going to just quit because they don't want me to post this. You know, they're, they're right. ridiculous, right? So so it's it's aggravating. It's hurtful, um, and also what's even more aggravating is when unbelievers sit there and call you a hypocrite. Okay. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? You should come to my church. We got room for more. Right. You know, because the reality is we are, because based on what scripture says, we're bent on doing things right. of the flesh, yeah. you know, and I'm not perfect a hundred percent of the times, you yeah. know, I've had some failures. And uh, so it does seem unfair. Right. Cause then, and, and there is a sense like of that, like, like you almost feel like, you can't really say what you think about issues, can you? No, 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 because you'll be vilified as uh, myopic. Um, so you think about that every time you go to post. I mean, I think everybody does now, 2019. 
You you have to. Yeah. I, I remember, you know, I have nieces yeah. and, and I call a lot of young sisters like sweetie. It's yeah. just my my right. my vernacular. And it's I told, Italian. I, I told this lady on the phone from corporate, I'm like, okay, sweetie. I'm like, oh wait, man. <laughs> I've almost told people love you at the end of a conversation. Patience. And I'm like, I need to like watch my yeah. Yeah. I don't so, know how to explain that. But it, but it's funny because it's it's so kind of sad because yeah. I had to like backtrack and she goes, Oh, you're fine. Yeah. No, she was from the south, so she right. was okay with it. You know? <laughs> right. Right, right. Um, but yeah, you have to be really careful. Um, well, and and yeah, I mean, I think um, going now to the other side of the coin. So, so you sort of have this persona, you know, vis-a-vis to the world that you're, you know, you're sort of hateful. Maybe you're patriarchal, like you say. And so you deal with it because you understand who you are in Christ is what I'm hearing right. you say. Like you sort of know you, you know what you are and you know that there is a sense of difference between the lost and people who see the light in a sense. And Absolutely. so there is a responsibility to love. Now in the, what about in the Christian world? Have yeah. you felt that same type of thing? I mean, where do you, how does that play out for you um, in, in the church? Yeah, that's, that's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> that's a real loaded question because, and I'll address it this way, because I, I, I want to go back to the book of Ephesians chapter five, which is the chapter about marriage, right. where, um, where God gives um, distinct direction to both men and women. Yeah. Okay? So it tells men to lay down their lives, which is a big deal. Right. You know, it takes a tremendous amount of strength, not the world kind of strength, but Christian strength mm. to refrain or restrain when your significant other is acting like a nut. Yeah. Okay. And to still love and to be calm and, 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 you know, right. being married is choosing never to feel like you're always right. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes you have to bite the bullet, you know, uh, and, and then it tells women to submit to your husband as unto the Lord. Well, there is hundreds of books right. that have written it, it doesn't mean that, okay? So it's written right. by either women it's or true. men who made their, their wives made them write it. It's <laughs> hilarious. It's true, okay. though. You're right. You know, and, and so I, I say that because um, uh, feminism has crept into the church to a certain degree. And, and I'm not surprised because, right. you know, I don't expect my sisters to be perfect either, you know, right. as I'm not perfect, you know, we're bombarded. And, and I, I was at a party one time and then there was this uh, young sister who's somewhat influential and she made the comment, I, I'll submit to my husband if he's worthy. Mm. Okay. That's hilarious. I had to take her to the side. <laughs> yeah. And I said, you know what, sweetie? I said, that is really uh, inflammatory, what you just said. I said, because those girls are listening to you. The scripture doesn't give any... If, uh, if ends or buts, right. It, it doesn't give any caveats or there's no uh, conditional, okay? Right. It says love, you know... It, That's it, right. It says, submit to your husband's is unto the Lord. You know, so the, the here's the key. Um, in the world, the world thinks that, that marriage is a 50-50 proposition. Mm. That's a contract. So if somebody does 51, the other than 49, the contract is null and void. The the marriage is a covenant. It's a hundred to nothing. Okay, mm. you are to give a hundred percent to your spouse and expect zero back. Now, if they both do it, it works. Right. <laughs> you know, right. if it if it's only one way, it doesn't work either. Okay. Hard. Yeah. So so then it's it um so so some of that goes on in the church, and I hear it from you know now if a man if we were at a man's gathering and there was a man teaching and he said to us you know you need to be worthy to be uh, submitted to, that's acceptable because it's coming from a man. Right. Okay. And, and so, and we're all men and we understand that we have to 
uh, act right. in a way that's creates room wor- for submission. It, yeah, that's right, worthy, right, right. right? <laughs> but to hear it from a woman, now they have this thing. Or like, even imagine a man pastor telling woman in the church that would be like right. Hell freezes over. Right. right, it just doesn't. Why matter. are we so afraid of speaking the word of God and truth? They're trying to. Try, we try to make it fit into what is culturally acceptable. Really, it, it, exactly. Yeah. So, and then my last point on Ephesians five at the end it says. Um, uh, Women respect your husbands. Yeah, and I, you've heard this before. We're wired this way. Okay, right. women are wired that want to be loved unconditionally. Men, we love uh, to be admired. Yeah, you know, uh, to be respected. We live for that. Yeah, you know, even amongst guys, we're at the gym. See how much you can bench, so right. that you know you're. You know, you want the admiration and respect. This is how God wired us. It, yeah. You know, I was in my church. My pastor said, he goes, I was counseling a, a married couple. And the woman said, well, I love him, but I don't respect him. That's going nowhere. That is going right. nowhere. If what does he, that even mean, technically? Right, right. I don't right. know what that means. But, but but it doesn't work. Because if he said, I respect her, but I don't love her, that wouldn't work with her for her either. Right. This is not the way God wired us. Right. So in the church, the feminism kind of scares me a little bit. The, the, the little bit of right. touch of it. Uh, of course, I'm. I, you know, again, people need to know I'm. I'm divorced. So my view is a little skewed there. Right. Uh, a little hypersensitive, if you will. Right. Um. So that's my take on that. Well, and it's funny, even that statement, which, by the way, I agree with. I I completely agree with. And it's funny because I'm the kind of person. And you know me, Mario, and you. We've been friends for years on Facebook. I mean. I come across as a lot more feminist than I probably am. I, I consider myself biblical. And I think that I think that statement, even saying that feminism has crept into the church, creates, I'm sure there are people listening who's, what is that expression, that neither you or me will get it because I'm from Lebanon, I'm from Italy, but their shackles, their hackles are up, whatever it is. Right, like, right. I'm sure some of you are listening going, what? Right, right. And it, you know, and it's, I think this is exactly what I was sort of referring to at the beginning of the podcast. Like, there's certain assumptions about who you are that automatically there's certain statements that we can say that will create such a frenzy in people. This is right. the world we live in right now. And, right. and I think, again, your species in this era has created, whether it's in relation to race or politics, I think that's where right. we see it the most. But uh, And that concerns me because in that setting, now you go like, so, so you know, where's the hope for you? Because in a sense, like, like, let's talk about that. I mean, very practical Christianity. How do you maintain stability of hope? in the midst of that dynamic? Because every decade we're going to find a new dynamic. We can't mm-hmm. control the externals. Right. So how do you, Mario, maintain a stability of hope in the midst of that tension? Um, well, my hope is in God only, you know. And but, um, Yeah, I, I keep going. But what does that look like? What does that mean to you? Okay, so um, knowing that at the end, everything's yeah. going to be okay. Right. You know, in the midst of this battle, because we're, we're in a battle. We're right. in a spiritual warfare every day. Uh, but I read the Bible twice, as I told you earlier. And, <laughs> and, We're keeping track. <laughs> and, and we win, you know, right, at right. the end. So, um, you know, I tell, uh, whenever I witness to people, right. you know. And, you you know, have a lot of chances to talk about Jesus with the people I have, in your life? I have, you know. Uh, and how do you do it? You bring it up or they just, like, no, how does you, that work out? You know, you have to have a relationship with the person and you have to care about the person and before right. they even want to listen, you know. Um, um, so, so yeah, it, it just, it, it kind of flows. It happens. Yeah. yeah. You know, it happens. I, I don't miss a lot of opportunities if it happens. Right. You know, I, I've spent 
two hours on a flight home from... You'll talk about Jesus. Yeah, someone. You're I, such an extrovert. I try not to talk to anybody on flights. I, I don't anymore, you know, <laughs> unless I have something really good to read. Right. I don't. But I, was, I remember I was sitting next to a Jewish couple, yeah. and the woman was so petrified. And I said uh, something, I, I, it was a long time ago, and I said something spiritual to her. She goes, yeah, I don't think he's around, you know, meaning God. Well, that, I mean, yeah. for the next three hours. It's we like, challenge we're, on. We're, we're flying home from Miami. She was stuck, man. And I told her that, you know, <laughs> Jesus, the Messiah, is Jewish. The whole entire Bible is written by Jews, you know. Yeah, what did she say? Um, she, at the end, she goes, I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation, you know, whether, you know, it, yeah. I, I, obviously I couldn't follow up, but I planted a seed. You know? but, and, you know, so the initial question was talking about your hope. I mean, one thing I have noticed about you, Mario, and uh, you know a lot of the word. You hide the word in your heart. Right. I mean, it, it flows out of you. It's just an observation right. because we haven't spent that much time together, but I'm impressed that you can quote verses. So have you made that, like, it seems like you're connected with the word. You haven't just read it twice, but it's part of your thoughts. Well, yeah, you know, the word... Uh, you've heard this before. is is a living document, right? So, so on any given day, you know, something jumps up at you, right? You know, when I was going through my divorce, um, every morning the enemy would play a tape recorder, mm. and the way that the enemy works is he said he would say to me, "Well, I'm making coffee." He's yeah. talking to my head. You were a good husband. You're a good provider. What they did to you, she lied about you. What her father did to you, and what yeah, you know, yeah. you know, the devil tries to justify you, your anger right. toward them, you know. And I got tired. I'll never forget it. the shortest prayer I ever said was, "Lord, I'm oh tired." Right. You know, and then I was reading, and I read. Uh, uh, I don't know why this verse jumped at me. I'm horrible at memorization, but somehow this really jumped at me. It's Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8, that says, well, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He's like a tree planted by the water that, see, that sends its roots out by the stream. It does not fear when the uh, heat comes, his leaves are always green. He has no worries in the year of drought and never fails to produce fruit. I meditated that on that for months. And, and I said, okay, what am I? I'm blessed. What does that look like? It looks like a tree that's planted and strong and its roots are going mm. by the stream. The stream is, is Christ the living water. Yeah. My lead, I went through a, a season of drought. You know, when I got divorced, I got fired from my job. Oh. Uh, I, I was, I felt like Job. I was looking for bowls, uh, you know, <laughs> on my boils on like my I body. Gotta sit. I'm yeah, done. Yeah, I was like, what else is going to happen? To me? I, <laughs> so I had a, a job that, that was six yeah. figure job. They told me you're done. And uh, so how I was, long did that season last? Eight months. Wow. And I looked backwards that greatest eight months of my life. I made a decision. You know, as I so uh, said earlier, uh, I listened to a sermon was you choose faith or or, or, or despair. I made the decision I would spend like four hours a day looking for work. Yeah, I started working out. I read the entire Bible. I was averaging a book a week. Wow. I was devouring information. You know, and and I got in the best shape spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Wow, in those eight months. And then I came to a point where I had nothing left. I had my savings. Were well, you worried? You, how did you find the worry of what you're going to do? I really wasn't because I was in, I was so involved in God's word and so confident that he was going to see me through. You know, uh, uh, in, uh, David writes, my enemies build a pit for me, but you lifted me up and put my feet on solid ground. You know, those kind of things. Uh, uh, Psalm 27, 13 says, I would have despaired if I didn't believe I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. These are the kind of things that sustain me. 
Wow. And then you ran out of your savings and you did God push you a bit more or did he right away? No. So um, I ran out of uh, savings. I ran out of home equity loan. I had nothing. nothing oh my gosh. The stress and is I'm real. Like, okay. Yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I, I, I literally thought, okay, well, they can't line me up against the wall and shoot me. Okay. <laughs> so so I, I'm sitting in my office. I laid back and my second shortest prayer ever was, Lord, here I am. Wow. You know, and I had, I, wow. you know, I had been interviewing left and right. So I, like a week later I got hired and I've been with the same company now. Um, in my this is 13th, crazy. 13th That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I was on the brink of, uh, you know, homeless. Why? Um, so in that season, like you, sounds like you're, and I, you know, want to talk a little bit about this just because I think when I think single white conservative Christian church scene, we haven't gone dug too, too deep into the church scene, but that's a whole nother episode. But in general, I mean, you didn't spend those eight months browsing the internet for porn, no. you know? And so how do you, like, that it seems to me when I think of your demographic right away, like 99.9% of men are into porn. I mean, it, literally, like the statistics are so mm-hmm. crazy. A, why is that? Is it just because it's easy and it's gratifying? And B, how do you fight it? Like, how do you really stand against it? And, and I, again, I respect that this is probably its own podcast, but very briefly, what are some things that you've done in your life? I know you're pretty involved with some of the other men in the singles community. Maybe that's so, helpful, but. So, um, you know, uh, porn, is, is, even soft porn. I mean, you know, if you're on Instagram and looking, right. you know, I'm into fitness, as right. you know. And uh, so I follow some fit people, men and right. women, and, and and it's getting to the point where the it's, it's, they cross it's, lines, right? Yeah, yeah, right, it's right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, so that that's an issue. Um, uh, for me personally, um, I you know I've been single now for thirteen years. I was celibate, quite honestly, maybe ten years. Okay, I've had few. Uh, right. You know, uh, mostly my hedge of protection is I normally don't have a woman in my house. Right. Uh, mom, sister, cleaning lady, and you. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the first time that I've ever been here, right? right. I appreciate so, that, right. So, um, my, and, and side note, this is funny. I told my mom, I'm 46. I'll be 47 this week. Yeah. I said to my mom, she says, what are you doing tonight? I said, one of Mario's, he's recording a podcast. She goes, don't go alone. <laughs> I started laughing. I go, you don't know Mario. Oh, too funny. I just started laughing. But then I thought, okay, my gosh, my mom needs to like wake up to 2019. But yeah. but she has a good point. Right, know? right, right. No, absolutely. She doesn't anyway, know. Right? She's funny. Totally. No, I like your mom. She was probably worried you were going to murder me. Really? <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> you know? right, right. But anyway, so so you, your hedge of protection, you know, you guard sort of who you're with, but you're also aware of your own weaknesses. Yeah. I have a lot of them. I think in particular, to, to, to just go in a little bit into that, people tend to turn to porn when they're hurting, mm-hmm. I think. I think it numbs your pain when they're lonely. How do you, like, and, you know, and, and I think there's also grace for people who struggle with porn. So, so two sides of this. I mean. It's not the unforgivable right. sin, right? Right. Um, so here, here's where, I, you know, if you, it, it, I've been reading a lot of books on God's grace okay, and, and, and people accuse me of uh, wanting license to sin, which is, right. is not true. Um, but the reality is, I mean, not only as a Christian, but also the human experience, this, there's so many struggles in this life, you yeah. know, and there's days when you're really strong and there's days when you're weak. This is yeah. why out of 13 years, I've been, cel- I was celibate for 10. I was strong. Right. Okay. Um, not consecutive, you know, right, right, I, right. I, I'm just kind of surmising. Um, so, um, 
it's, um, you know, as a single man, um, do I miss sex? I really do. Right. Okay. Um, but having sex outside of marriage, it's a heavy price to pay. Right. I believe that when we step outside of God's will, we injure ourselves. Right. And an old pastor that we don't want to talk, he used to say, <laughs> choose to sin, choose to suffer. It's very accurate. It's true. Right. Okay. I always, in my mind, I picture that God drew this circle and says, all right, you get to choose because I don't believe God ever chooses like Betty or Mary for me. You know, right. when people say, God's got a woman for you. No, he's got many. I get to choose yeah. within his circle. I call it the circle of love. <laughs> if I go outside of that circle, it's like right. going in the enemy, behind enemy lines. Now I am susceptible to being attacked by the, by the enemy because right. I'm outside of God's will. So when we sin, whether it be through porn, whether it be through right. financial mismanagement or whatever, we suffer earthly consequences. Right. I mean, that's just very clear in the scripture. You know, right. and, and in life, you know, the kids today call it karma. Right. You know, what Jesus said, you know, whatever a man sows, he reaps. Right. So um, you can be addicted to porn and still be saved. Right. I know that's hard for some people, though. Right. To, to, Even desiring to walk with the Lord. I mean, I think it's, right, because it's not we, like. We are living in right. this flesh. Paul right. says, you know, I want to do the right thing, but my flesh wants to do the, right. the other thing. I mean, this struggle, who can save this me from this wretched body but Jesus Christ? Yeah. And I can do all things through, through him. Now, I wish I could say, man, I walk with the Spirit 24-7. Right. I wish I could say that. Yeah. I'd be lying. You know, so I, I've had my, my failures and my weaknesses. Uh, I told you earlier in private conversation, I've, I've served so much. I've served so many people in my life, even in the church, in my old church. I was I was there five days a week. Right. I was serving in Awana, single ministry, single parent ministry. Uh, I was uh, ushering um, and then I was attending. I was, wow. you know, I was to try to fill your life. Like you, was that like a way to sort of guard against sin? Yeah, yeah, to a certain degree. yeah, 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 to a certain degree. Uh, plus, you know, as a single Christian man, what was what, what else, else are you going to do? What else am I going to do? I'm not going to go to a bar. Right. You know, uh, that's going nowhere. Good. Would it be easier to just get married? Why is the dating scene so difficult for Christian men? It, it, because because I, the woman complained that it's the guys. Yeah, it, it's difficult. I I can only speak for people, men my age, sure. in my demographic, divorced older gentlemen. You know. Uh, where we have gone through, you have a little bags that you're carrying, some yeah, baggage, you yeah. know, and and it's scary, right. you know. Um, if you're, if I was 21 years old and I knew the Lord, it'd be easy. Oh, it'd be easy, you know. It, it was actually it was easy when we were kids, you know. But that, there are more and more people in your demographic, really, whether it's 50 something or 40 something. Like, there's a lot of ex-divorced people in the church. Who, and I think the hard thing, like say you're 30 and you're divorced, I think a lot of the 20 year olds, like they hold, like, especially if you find somebody who hasn't gone through that experience, they might be very picky about, like, they might judge you for the baggage that you're carrying. Right. So I think it's hard to walk that road in the church, especially if you're looking for somebody that would fit the biblical, that circle that you're, that you're right. going after. So I understand it. I just think sometimes, like, would that resolve the issue of porn? Probably not. There's a yeah. lot of married people who struggle with porn. Yeah. I'm mean, going back to the issue of purity as it pertains to, you know, would that solve your problem? Probably not. If not your problem, the problem of porn. Yeah. And, and you know, it, here's the thing. And I'm going to say this. I'm glad, I'm glad you brought this up because in, in Christianity, we have elevated sex right. so much that we're given the enemy the biggest tool to use against us. So true. As a married man for 17 years, I can tell you, 
sex was a very small part of the equation. Right, right. It wasn't that big a deal. Now, when you're single and you're not getting it, it's yeah, a big deal. Yeah. The church makes it, I have yet to go to a singles <laughs> event where the preacher's not talking about sex and purity. It's hilarious. It's like, like, bring that up again. Oh, yeah. I was, yeah. You know, I'm trying to get away from this, you know? Right. Um, so, and it's a heart issue. It's not even a physical issue, technically speaking, if you want to really push through. It, 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 it's it both, is. maybe, but. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's both. And, you know, and in today's culture, we're bombarded with it, you know? Right. So, you know, like, forgive me, you know? It, the reality is that humans are not going to forgive you, right. you know? We right. get forgiveness from God, right? Amen. Uh, for our weaknesses, you know? No, if there's a pattern, then yeah. maybe you're not a believer, you know, if there's a pattern of going after this. But even right. then, you know, even then, I mean, uh, there's a verse in, it's in First Peter, I think, and I had to go to a pastor because it says, this is not the sin that causes death, Right. And I remember I went to Pastor Rick. I'm like, what does this mean? I got to know. And he says, well, the only sin that causes death, spiritual death, is unbelief in who mm. Jesus was. That's it. That's good. Everything else is That's hope. It is hope. Right. You know, because, but as, as I said earlier, if you sin, you're going to suffer consequences, you know? Right. I mean, you know, if I, you know, I've had a lot of opportunities to sleep around. Right. I could be, you know, disease. Unwanted pregnancy, right. you know, uh, fatal attraction. I mean, you know, financial <laughs> burdens. I mean, there's so many things that, that I could, right. I could reap, you know, from sowing that, you right. know. So um, I'm currently in a season. I, I like to call it a season of selfishness. I'm serving nobody but my son yeah. <laughs> and myself right now. Um, it's been like that for like two years, I think, maybe three since I left the, the previous church where I was serving everybody. Right. Um, so, um, I don't know, maybe the Lord has given me this time of rest. Right. So, um, and you know, I love to golf. I'm addicted. Okay. I could golf. If I could as golf much as you like to cook? Every day. Yes. Cooking and golfing and my son, those are my, and, and fitness. Your those are my loves. four. Four my, loves. You know what I mean? You're spreading thin now. You used to be yeah, like, yeah. Mario, you're going to have to narrow it down. You so, uh, no, those. no, no, I'm getting, I'm, I'm doing as much as I right. can of all four. Right. Um, you were the one guy who golfs in Chicago in like January. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 If it's 45 degrees and no way in that mountain. You're out there. Yeah. What are some myths that um, you feel are, and it's a bit of a, is there anything that people assume about your demographic that you just think, man, that's just not true? Well, the world thinks that uh, all men are, are liars and we're predators <laughs> and, um, you know, especially men my yeah. age and we, all we want to do is use you and then and leave yeah. you. Okay. And unfortunately, a lot of those girls are accurate with, with a lot of men that I know uh, from the world. Um, how, how do you build, like, so, okay, that's, that's fair. How do you tell, uh, say you're counseling your sister who's dating a guy who's. In my your, sister is in, like, my paternal sister? I'm just saying, like, okay. yeah, yes, that you're somebody you love and care about. How do you warn her against, how does she recognize when someone's getting her versus uh, you know i mean you just you you, you kind of know i mean you know you know their behavior you know and if I, how they behave on the first date and the second date you think you can tell i think sometimes people can't tell well um, i guess it depends on your level of emotional intelligence right um you know my sister's so smart when it comes to emotional dumb dumb and everything you think else. it takes time like there's a certain amount of time that you would advise say your sister to date somebody before she would feel like, okay, green light. 
or yeah. maybe meet other members of the family, or I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I've read a lot of books on this subject. So, sure. so, so the best way to really get to know somebody is to spend time with them in a group environment, serving right. together. Right. Uh, you want to observe how they react in traffic, right. or uh, how they react. I'd be screwed, man. I'd be. Screwed. I, I can't do traffic. No <laughs> wonder I'm still single. Yeah, no and kidding. Bad. Oh, I, I'm with you, man. I'm lost all hope now. Oh my goodness! Oh, I guess, yeah, I got stories. But you're so. right. I mean, I mean, I think those things seem so obvious, but you can be so blinded when you're in an emotional relationship with someone. I mean, you know, I think, I think maybe that's why people always say you need to get other people involved, you know, in right. in it. But it's the right. balance, isn't it? it? It really is, and it, it's there's no guarantee of success. Yeah. yeah, you know, this is the world we live in. Who do you who do you look up to? When I read that, I'm like, nobody. <laughs> no well, nobody. it's funny. I mean, there it's harder. It's a harder question than one thinks. I uh, I thought about it in my life. Tell me why you say that. Okay, because um, you know I've lowered you know, my expectations <laughs> of people. That's sad. Why? <laughs> because people are going to fail you. Right. You know, the, you lower your expectations, and you're not as disappointed. Right. That comes from age. Right. You know, you look at. Are the, you a little cynical? Absolutely. Yeah. You you look at the failings of uh, some prominent pastors that you and I both know. Yeah. Um, and it's it's sobering, and 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 it's like okay, there's it, we're all faulty. They're humans, you right? Know, we're, you know, we don't work right. So I don't look up to anybody. You know, I'm a sports fan, but you know, if Brian Urlacher was across, I wouldn't walk across the street. Get his autograph in me? hand, right? Yeah, right. I mean, to me, watching sporting events is is like you watching a movie. It's entertainment. Right. That's it. Right. I like watching top athletes perform, and, and I like the strategy. I could give yeah. a rat's ass about right. getting an autograph on my sock or whatever. Right. You know, it's so stupid. Um, so I look up to nobody, honestly. Yeah. Um, I think in the past, um, I didn't have a great relationship with my father. So... In throughout my career, I remember I would I would kind of look to my bosses like like a father mm -hmm. figure, you yeah. know, and then they would fail me, you know, and, and then it'd be disappointing, you know. And uh, today, it, you know, I'm not saying that I'm critical or cynical right. because there's people in my life that I love, you know. I got a cousin who uh, we're family, we're yeah. brothers in Christ, and we're best best friends. We can say anything to one another without offending one another. So, so. I don't say I want to look up, but I, he's my confidant. Yeah, right? I got other. I got. Do you feel that's like necessary that. for people's Absolutely. spiritual health? Absolutely. I have uh, two other buddies that I talk to. Yeah. Uh, on a on a consistent basis, where you can say whatever you want without being judged. Uh, and you're very open in those relationships. Very open in those relationships, and where with a with a spouse, at least my spouse, I I had to, you know. You Walk guarded what you said. Guarded really. what I said. You had to be careful. You know, that's a horrible existence. Yeah. You know, and ladies who, who listen, here's what men want. The, the biggest thing we want is domestic tranquility. That's good. That's huge. That's good. You know. That's, that's your secret right there, right, ladies. We're fighting the world. If you're, yeah. if you're the breadwinner and you got people, you know, there's a Haman in everybody's life. Right. right? Every job I've ever been to. Haman from the book of Esther. Right. Well. There's always a guy who hates you. Yeah. Right. And is after you. Right. I mean, that's just, that's a guarantee. You want to come home and rest. You want to come home and rest. You know, you want somebody who that's wants, good. who has your back. It's not, that doesn't seem like it should be that hard, but it's the most conflict in the home, it, isn't it? It I was, mean. it was in mine. 
Yeah. Uh, so I can't speak. I know there's some successful marriages out there and God bless them. What do you wish women knew about your species? We're real simple. We're, we're not hard to please, but we're easy to piss off. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. We need a manual. That's good. No, that is true though, isn't it? It's men are not as complicated as, as, women make them out to be or maybe women joke that men are not complicated but really the way that life really, works seems I mean, like we're all complicated as humans yeah okay but as as a species you're talking about we're not yeah like you just said you, you just know. want bliss what about in the church and we're coming to the end of our conversation which i've really thoroughly enjoyed but how do you think maybe the church could use you and i say use not in the negative connotation but like i feel like sometimes the church doesn't take advantage of single because you know god loving especially men i think women are very pushed a lot in service you see single women serving in a bazillion places but how do you fit into the local church scene you know the, the local church has really failed the christian uh, single community uh, you know they, yeah. they created this unrealistic um uh world yeah. <laughs> i feel like an avatar you know because um you know, I, I'll never forget. I went to Willow Creek when I first was, I met some ladies that were in their thirties. Now, you know, I, I'm in my fifties, but okay. most people think I'm in my forties because sure. I have a youthful appearance. And, um, I remember I was in my forties and I was hanging out with these girls who were in their thirties, you know, yeah. and in my culture, 10 years is not a big deal. You yeah. know? And, uh, and I went to a singles event and, uh, there was a speaker and everybody was in the room. And then at some point they said, okay, now, Everybody who's 40 and over, go huh. in the other room. Oh. And the third, and I'm like, okay. I'm like to my friend, I'm waving to my friends. I, I'll see, see you later. <laughs> you know, I'm like, this is so weird. You know, yeah. the reality, in real world, do they segregate by age? This is so weird. You know, when, this is. When you break it down that way. Yeah, yeah, it is. This is a uh, Western culture evangelical phenomenon. Uh, yeah. and, I, and I think a lot of it is, and I hate to say it, is driven by a lot of older ladies who feel threatened by the younger women and the men who, you know, just because we're older, our vision hasn't changed, you know, our eyes yeah. still see. Um, now, as an, I, I wouldn't date somebody who's yeah significantly younger than me because they're too immature. Right. But um, the, the, the whole Christian single thing is, is, is a complete failure. And I see it because uh, I go to the events and it's the same people doing the same thing that nobody, yeah. you know. There's but you know, Mario, it hasn't changed. Like, I still see you at church on Sundays. Like it hasn't impacted your love oh, no. for the church, I would say. I mean, you're very, well, you're very loyal. What it drives that? Well, because of my relationship with Christ, because my hope is in Christ, Amen. not in any men, not in any relationship with any woman. I mean, this is the most constant thing I have. Yeah. Everything else is, is ebbs and flows and it's volatile, even. Right. you know, but you know, God's word is the same. You know, I, yeah. I read it. I told you twice. Not <laughs> <laughs> for a third time. Oh. I feel like it's year two. Oh, this year, maybe after this, I, I have a Erwin Lutzer story. Actually, it's real quick. I'm, okay. I, I'm flying home from Minneapolis business okay. trip, and I'm I'm reading through the entire Bible, and I'm in Leviticus. You know, oh, it's I'm your like, second time. Right, I'm like Leviticus. <laughs> You're like a pro. Right? You know, like the, he takes the you know the calf and splits it in half, and <laughs> yeah, no right? So there's a woman sitting next to me, and she goes, "That's a very good book you're reading." And you know, I didn't want to get into a chatty, right. Kathy conversation. What are you reading in here? <laughs> you know, and I just like, yeah, it's the number one bestseller. And I put my head back down, you know, reading my Bible. And um, so when you land, you know, I, I travel for work right. for the last 25 years. 
you know, you do the nice thing. I'm like, so where are you folks from type thing, you know? And she goes, so where do you go to church? And I go, I go to Harvest Bible Chapel all the time. She goes, oh, we know James. I thought, and I'm like, oh, do you know him from uh, A Walk in the Word? He goes, no. And he goes, uh, my husband's a pastor at Moody. And I'm like, you're, because I had never seen Erwin You're Luther. such an idiot. I'm like, I've read all your books. You were sitting on the plane. <laughs> one of, one of our <laughs> best theologians of our times. I could have asked him, why is he splitting the <laughs> calf in half here? You're you like, know? the Bible's the number one bestseller. Say, quote, unquote. Oh my that's goodness! Awesome. And that's I blew good. my chance to pick that's the guy's good. brain, you no, know. But good. actually, uh, I found out later he was coming from uh, a funeral for his parents. Oh, so I'm sure so he was godly he didn't, yeah, 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 that you yeah, didn't, he didn't want to school me. So that's awesome. That's yeah. a good story. That's a good way to end, Mario. <laughs> no, listen, this is good. This conversation, I, I, I knew that we would be able to whip through the time here. I think we're about coming to a close. My goal this week, just so you know, was to have a shorter podcast, and this just goes to show. What a, yeah, I wanted it to be under 45 minutes, but there is no way you're going to feed me <laughs> rack of red lambs. <laughs> We're enjoying a nice uh, uh, after dinner yes. conversation here. Anyway, I uh, I thank you for coming on. I really, I think this conversation is, uh, I, I'll tell you, talking to you tonight, I want to tell you this very simply as we close, ch- has challenged me to go back to a more consistent memory of scripture. Yeah. And to me, so much of our hope is linked to the word of God. Yeah. I know that the word in itself, it's the God breathed, but it brings us to the Lord. But how it flows so naturally out of your mouth is in of itself hope giving. So thank you. So oh, you're welcome. That. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. So it's encouraging. You yeah. know, my persona on, on Facebook is one of goofy, fun, um, you know, even self-absorbed. Right. But this is how I deal with. Right. It's your, it's your stick. I'm figuring it out more and more, Mario. I yeah. appreciate that. And I think, yeah. I think there's something to be said about that because you make yourself very approachable to people, which is probably why I felt very comfortable to reach out to you to have this conversation. And your mother approved. And my mother, I don't know if I wouldn't go that far. My mom was going to call me the minute I leave to make sure I'm still alive. She thinks going to kill me or something. Anyway, on that note, guys, hey, I'm going to wrap this up for this week. Um, if you uh, have been listening for a while, you know that you can reach me at Lena, L-I-N-A, at livingwithpower.org. Guys, we've got plenty of resources for you. Bible studies, books, you name it, we've got it. Uh, we're on Instagram. We're doing Insta Minutes. Go to livingwithpower.org. Download the app on your computer. If you want to reach Mario specifically, send me an email, and I'll forward it to him. Um, that way, you guys, he doesn't have to share his his personal email with everybody here in the world but um mario it's been a joy thank you again have an awesome week and we'll see you again next week